0: Time for love talk with the love ladies, Evelyn, Kathy, and Carrie. Love talking today about women of the word.
1: Thank you, David, and thank you for joining us today for love talk. We are in the studio here in Austin, Texas, at the bridge, and we've got some exciting news and updates for you today. I want to thank you for joining us. Um, we uh, we're building bridges of love and leadership, and we're doing it in a series of lovely women, lovely, and it's a beautiful time in Texas. Trust that don't you think so, Miss Carrie? I think you're right, Miss
2: Evelyn. This series on women in the Word has absolutely just blessed my socks off. I don't I don't even know how to describe it. I've been so empowered mm-hmm. uh, just learning about these women who stepped out, who were leaders, oh my goodness, it, it, friends, today's show is awesome, uh, you're going to want to keep your radio on from two o'clock to three o'clock, because uh, this, this show is just phenomenal, and... Uh, Miss Evelyn, we have just been so blessed for several weeks. Our beautiful friend Kathy is in
0: studio with us. <laughs> Yay! Oh it's so good to be here. And I mean this is the our third, fourth, fourth show that we've gotten uh-huh. to tape with me in studio. Um it's just so much fun. I mean I I desperately miss my girls back in Idaho. But it is just heartbreaking to know that um, I only have one more show aside mm-hmm. from today that I get to tape live with you guys or you tape in studio with y'all and then, it is back to calling in i don't know i think i'm going to have to <laughs> back fly to back to
1: the coal country huh? yeah i
0: think i'm going to have to fly back once a month just to be with y'all there's something about a group of women coming together uh, towards a, a a united purpose that just achieves something in in spirit that you can't achieve when you're separated we we are meant to be together you
2: know there's uh, everybody thinks i'm this incredible extrovert which i am not i I love being around people when I'm around people, but, it, I, I mean, I, I will go, you know, and, and have lunch <laughs> by myself. Um, I'm not great about just calling up friends and saying, hey, let's get together. I am not that person. And so, but when I am, when I do make it a point, when I am intentional, oh, it's so much better. It's so much better. The Lord wants us to intentionally be around Mm -hmm. people who will uplift us and who will bring the best out in us, who will call call us to task when we need to be called to task, and
0: who will just love us as sisters in Christ. I don't see that in you. Do you
1: see that in her? When
2: she says, I am not
0: an extrovert, I'm like, who you? Fooling, <laughs> I,
1: I, I, I mean, just a picture I, of grace and mercy well, and goodness and kindness and cheerfulness. Y'all
0: are, so that's what we need is cheer for our team. Well, it's that's funny right. because we were coming into studio this morning, and uh, you know, KTXW, the Bridge Austin, has been doing this Valentine series where the guys yes. will call in and sing to their girls. My girl. And so <laughs> this one guy, he was on the air singing, and Carrie starts to dance <laughs> to him singing. It 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 looked a
2: little bit like the Elaine dance from uh, Seinfeld. If anybody knows that reference. um, yeah, Well, what we're
1: going to talk about today is strictly biblical. What is our key verse?
2: I'll tell you what. Key verse today, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls Mm -hmm. and has not another to lift him up. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Friends, today we're going to talk about the first midwives and they they were the first pro lifers they they were the first pro lifers as well as five women who happened to be sisters who stepped out and gained inheritance rights for women. Mm. oh my stars great 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 news today um you know it's it's uh it's still basketball season girls yes. <laughs> uh we are heading to the regional tournament here very very soon Congratulations. Super excited. my girl um Finally practiced this week for the first time since the end of December, which it just makes my heart happy to see that because she's been injured and her teammates were so excited to get her back on the court. Uh, So that's been super fun.
0: Kathy, I know your girls had the winter bowl. Is that what it's called? They did. And I will say I saw Kinsey at church on Sunday with no boot on her foot. I thought, oh, Oh, it's got to be so relieved. But, yeah, the girls had... The winter ball, and um, so they had to do it all without me there. But before I had come down to Texas, we went out and got the dresses and the shoes and, and all like that. And, um, so my mom and dad are up there with them and daddy put out a really nice spread and they all had f- girlfriends over to help, you know, uh, do each other's hair and do each other's makeup. So <laughs> mom was just sending me tons of fun pictures. And then after the ball, my mom set up the dining room table with, I have a little antique tea set that the girls and Eric had gotten me for Christmas. And so she made chamomile tea and got some little biscuits and some honey and cream and sugar and had the table all set up so that when Daddy brought all the girls home from the ball, they came in and all this beautiful china was set up for with tea for the girls. And my mom told them, okay, now I get to hear about every detail of the oh, night. And so they all play. sat down around the table and had chamomile tea and just shared with my mom about, you know, all who asked whom to dance. And the, they said um, the most exciting dance Um. The most difficult conversation because there's some boys who will ask them to dance and Mm -hmm. um, the boys won't say anything and they're doing the waltz and the foxtrot and the grand march and all these really neat fun dances where you get to kind of spend some time with your partner. And I don't know, they had a ball. I, I'm very sad to have missed it, but I'm just thrilled that my mom got to have that time with them. What a precious
2: memory. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Women in the Word series, friends. We started with Eve in the beginning. Uh, we talked about heroines and harlots. We talked about toxic friendships. Um, when we looked at Leah and Rachel and Euodia and Syntyche and healthy friendships with Ruth and Naomi and the precious, precious Mary and Elizabeth. It, it, it's just been um, a few weeks of courage and strength and treachery and scheming and loyalty and wickedness and faith and hope. Where do we find this truth? The stories of women in the Bible can change your life. And it also gives our men these valuable insights into how God purpose, planned, and promoted women. Kathy, friendships, God didn't make us to be
0: alone. He didn't, and that's such, that's such a great truth for us to really live by is that we're not meant to be these islands out here, you know, all by ourselves, closing off our heart. We're really designed for relationship. And, you know, not just the relationships of marriage and family, but, but friendships as well. That friendships really fill these gaps in our lives that provide us with this, a wide variety of, of support and love and, and entertainment. And, you know, we can go out and have fun with girlfriends like we really can't have fun with anyone else. And so it's so special. And, um, you know, I I think it's not only that, but God has also left us written testaments to the power of friendship and, and what it looks like at its best so that we can know how to go about being a friend and finding a friend. And. And we can also see in the Bible some really toxic relationships that we've seen in the past. So, you know, we can see what what mean girls can do and some horrible things that women have done. And so today we're not really going to focus on any of those destructive diva relationships, right? Today we're really going to press in and see friendships at their best because that's what we seek out that's what we want to emulate and so we're gonna we have a series of two shows and so we're doing two groups of women in each show and um, and we're just going to really be delighted by the dedication of these really diverse groups of women and we want to look at what god teaches us about the good the lovely the wholesome friendships friendships that really work together to accomplish good now evelyn are you've shared with us so many times um, about women that you have joined together with to kind of go and do big and great things. And, you know, I always see you as kind of being a leader in those groups, pressing forward. But you've joined together with some other very impressive Leaders And there's this one time I was thinking about, you had talked to us when you had first moved to Austin, you joined with some other women and you began praying for others. You opened your home to women uh, to pray and you talked about how that impacted not only your neighborhood, but but your life. Can you, I would love for you to share a little bit about that.
1: Well, we lived on a ranch before we moved to Austin. Van traveled three or four days a week. And our oldest son, David, was 14 years old. We had horses, cows, all the things that you have on a ranch. And so we had almost a stationary life. You know, those kind of things take lots of attention. But then we had basketball and the other things. But didn't have a lot of close friends to visit, like, you know, come over for tea because we were six miles out. So when we moved to Austin, we moved into a community where they were building new houses, uh, uh, self designed or whatever. And it was at the same time that IBM came to Austin. You remember IBM? Mm-hmm. How yes. How strong it was in Austin. Yep. And our neighborhood were Kentucky women. And every one of them was pitiful because they lived in yesterday. And I was trying so hard to live in today because my life changed. And so little by little, uh, we began began to make friends, and we'd have tea parties, and they'd come over. It always end with hey, Evelyn. What do what what do we need to do about this, and what about that? So that was sort of a an undercurrent that lifted me up to the place that I could see. God, why I know now why you brought us to Austin, because I told my dad we sat out on, under the visa out in the yard, and and. Uh, I was crying, and, and and I've said this before. And he said, "Why don't you want to live, move to Austin? Everybody wants to live in Austin." I said, "Because God doesn't live there, Daddy. He doesn't live there." He said, "He will when you get there." Hmm. And you, I've told that story before, but it is such a powerful thing that God did for me, that it is, it's one of those jump off mountain experiences. Like Paul would go, you know, into the into the courtroom. Uh, for his attention, but you know we've got that same thing today, girls, with women that are walking and working, and wondering, what are you gonna, what's God gonna do in my life? What can I do? And across America today, we have a new corporation called America Praise that we are seeking churches that will pray 24 hours a day, and our goal is 40,000 churches. We're about a third there, so that was the beginning. Of my seeing the world as it, it really is, and not the world that I had made it to be. And so it's continued all these years, and it's been exciting.
2: <laughs> been exciting for you to to start a group um, with people you were unfamiliar with. They were unfamiliar with you, and um, they didn't know about this little ranch girl from <laughs> Cut and Shoot, um, and you didn't know about those Kentucky girls, but it all worked out. And what a beautiful, beautiful testament that is to loving one another and accepting one another for who they are and where they are. Um, friends, the first pro-lifers in the Bible, who were they? These are women, strong women, who went absolutely against everything that they were told to do to save life. Right after these messages here on Love Talk. hello friends and welcome back to today's Christian talk. you have found the love ladies. Oh and they are the reason why you are here today friends keep that keep that radio on because the first pro-lifers in the Bible in Exodus did you know that? I, I I tell you again, this series on women in the Bible has just opened my eyes to so much about how God blessed women, how he loves women. And how he gives women wisdom to work through things um, that almost seem impossible. All right. So, Kathy, we've got the first pro-lifers here in Exodus 1. Um, we're the gonna first read
1: pro-lifers.
2: First pro-lifers. I mean, Ms. Evelyn, this is unbelievable. These are midwives, and they are relatives of men in power. They have the courage to come forward. They have the strength to step up and step out of a box that they had been put in and they received favor mm-hmm. from our savior Kathy.
0: Okay, I just I want to read through this to you because they you know these women got direct orders from the pharaoh, all right? Mm-hmm. So this is someone who he can basically end them in a, in in a second, in a minute. And uh, basically, Pharaoh went to this group of women, the midwives, the Hebrew midwives. These are, you know, the women who are uh, really helping to deliver these healthy babies and to help the mother through, you know, this first week of of maternity. And Pharaoh basically said, he says, the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shifra and the other Puah, when you serve as midwife to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a son, you shall kill him. Mm. but if it is, if it is a daughter, she shall live. And so you know there was this person saying, "This is an acceptable baby, and this is an unacceptable baby, and you will kill all of the unacceptable babies. And, I mean, what Pharaoh was doing in this was basically destroying the family. He wanted the Hebrew people to um, stop growing in numbers. And so the midwives basically went against Pharaoh. They, they would not do this. They... Um, they delivered these uh, they delivered these babies and um, and we 're going to see this incredible story of Moses, this person that ends up being a, this deliverer of all the Hebrews out of Egypt. His life was saved because these women were willing to sacrifice their careers, they were willing to sacrifice uh, their livelihood they were willing to sacrifice even their lives. Because Pharaoh could end their lives for them, uh, disobeying them. And so they had the courage to come forward, um, day in and day out kind of courage. And there's this um, neat quote from Maya Angelou, and um, she speaks of this kind of courage. She says, I'm convinced that courage is the most important of all virtues, because without courage, you cannot practice any other virtue consistently. You can be kind for a while. You can be generous for a while. You can be just for a while or merciful for a while, even loving for a while. But it is only with courage that you can be persistently and insistently kind and generous and fair. And, you know, so there's so much recent news. We've really been flooded with stories of of new laws and opinions concerning pro-life in the abortion movement. It was, you know, a, a number of weeks ago. It was addressed directly in the State of the Union address. We have um, a very progressive left movement that is trying to, and, and Planned Parenthood, who's trying to legalize abortion up to 40 weeks, full gestational period, viable, mm-hmm. healthy babies, um, basically, you know, legalizing infanticide is what they're doing. It's been legalized in New York, um, attempted but failed in the state of Virginia. And so, you know, it it's all done under the guise of um, women's choice and um, women saying it's my body. And so I think it's really interesting that – uh, they don 't view that body inside their body as someone else's body it 's all it 's all them Well, the thing that I love about the first group of pro lifers was that these women were there to serve the women to help the women um, and to to um, work against the standing law of the land and I think they 're just um, they're just an encouragement to me to take courage, to stand up and stand out, and to do what is right. So let's find out a little bit more about
2: these uh, these midwives, the first pro-lifers, Shipra and Pua. Um, in Exodus 1, verse 17, it says, The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. And then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives, and he asked them, why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? Now then, I'm going to pause right here. These midwives were very shrewd. They were very wise. And the Bible is very specific about you can be shrewd as a snake, meaning you're not too... that, that you can use your smarts and your wisdom in order to explain something in a way that someone else will understand, okay? And so these midwives, using the wisdom and the shrewdness that God they, gave them, they said, oh, Pharaoh, Hebrew, Roman, they are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous, and they give birth before the <laughs> midwives arrive. And probably what, what these midwives did is they probably stood right close Heard the baby being born. Like, they probably went in and checked on the mothers before, you know, during the labor process. And then they said, oh, wait, we need to step out. Like, they probably went and did something else. And then right as those babies were born, uh, soon after, they came in to help with the afterbirth and all of those things. But, oh, Pharaoh, these, oh, man, these Hebrew women, they're not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous. (laughs) They Mm -hmm. give birth quickly, right? And so God... Was kind in verse 20, it says, God was kind to the midwives, and the people increased and became even more numerous. All because these women said, You know what? No, I am not going to kill these babies, I'm not gonna do it. And they found a way around it. And I love that. So I just want to make sure we have the context right. There was a new king in Egypt at this point in time, and he didn't know Joseph's people or, or joseph's god and he viewed these israelite people Mm -hmm. with all of this suspicion and fear what's that miss evelyn enemy
1: yes enemies
2: enemies. he attempts to limit the growth of the hebrews by saying kill all the the boy babies really that's going to eradicate a whole nation in a generation if Mm -hmm. you kill all the babies right or two generations who, I mean, he said, they just seem to grow in numbers. So he systematically dehumanizes them by forcing them into oppression and slavery and forced labor. Mm-hmm. And when you start to dehumanize people, that's when real problems start. Right. I mean, let's look at World War II. Let's look at the um, oppression in Africa. Let's look at when, when leaders start to dehumanize another group of people, that's when anything goes. And that's when Mm -hmm. killing babies becomes okay. This new Pharaoh, pharaoh, he basically enacts a fear campaign, right? And um, Shipra and Pua are not having it, friends. They are absolutely Mm -hmm. not having it. They absolutely have the strength to step up and step out. Now, Miss Evelyn, did they attend both the... Hebrew births and the Egyptian births?
1: Yes, they okay. did. And they they made no distinction between who the people, who the women were, whether they were married or unmarried. And it became such a driving force in their life that I think, you know, maybe the Lord gave them uh, John 13 uh Thirty-four. Love one another, because <laughs> right. there had to be a motivation for their doing that. To the extent mm-hmm. that their lives were, the midwives, their lives were on the line, because it would just take one mix-up, one failure for them to be treated as they were treating the babies. But one of the things that's that's really uh, the point of this part of of this whole um, episode with the two is that the women were the ones that came forward Mm -hmm. to save the children.
0: And I mean I think it's really interesting that these women were uniquely positioned mm-hmm. to step forward. And I think, you know, we're going to in 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 you know, as we're going through this series and and, and when we finish this series building on it, we're going to look at the women that God is uniquely positioning today.
1: Absolutely. And
0: and I mean, listeners, we have to look at ourselves as those women that God is uniquely positioning today for today. Four times such as this. And, Carrie, I love what you said, that Pharaoh initiates a fear campaign. and But the midwives, they did not buy into the fear. They pressed into courage mm-hmm. to do what is right. You know, I I want to put myself in their shoes right now,
2: right? This is my job to love women and love babies. yes, This is my job. So I almost see them as maybe not being afraid they're like Psh. Whatever Pharaoh, I'm going to do my job. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I guess when you're so comfortable doing something and you know it's the right thing to do, you
1: you charge ahead. Well, if you have the Lord's help, His absolutely. direction. I think one of the heroes that we named him today in Austin, Texas, or in America, is Carol Everett with the Heidi Group. Oh, absolutely. That lady has been crucified, mm-hmm. literally, time and time again.
0: Well, and you talk about um, you know, having the Lord on your side, having that favor from the savior i mean the midwives definitely did and i mean i think that that god is raising up women today like carol everett who have his favor who are under his protection and and you know not to say that everything is going to be easy and the path is going to be clear carol presses into some Mm. dark places to bring light into those places but she has 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 stepped forward and completely changed the entire face of pro-life legislation and the pro-life movement in the state of Texas. And that has then carried into um, spurring on others within the pro-life movement, standing for those beautiful babies across our nation. I Well, you know, we, did, we see so much going on right now in the news.
2: And... um I think that it's so important for us to rally together our groups of women and to pray uh, ourselves through this time because we're at a tipping point here. Some states are saying, oh, no, 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 no. We are not going to 40-week 40, 40 abortions. This is not okay. And some states are are on the precipice. And it's important for us to rally together as women um, to pray through this, for sure. Friends, when we come back, five daughters of Zelofahad? Ever heard of them? You will when we return to Left Talk right after this.
0: And welcome back to Love Talk, friends. This is Kathy and DeBrock, and in studio today with the beautiful Miss Evelyn Davison and the vibrant Coach Carrie Green Gator. (laughs) How did I do, girls? Is that all right? Okay, great. Well, so we are in our series, Women in the Word, and we are looking at groups of women today, groups of women that God has called forward that have been courageous, that have received His favor and we've we've spent that uh, second segment really looking at a particular group of women, the very first pro lifers found them all the way back in exodus and Just to wrap up that segment, friends, you know we do we realize. That our sisters, who are facing this decision of of this unwanted pregnancy and and going through the turmoil of not you know not knowing which way to turn and getting advice from so many different directions and really living in a society that have 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 just said hey it 's okay to get an abortion, your body, your choice uh, and haven 't valued the that, the life of that baby, we want to tell you. We there are options for you. We there are so many couples that are facing infertility that are desperate for a child that would love to have that baby. You have a, a you have had a unique ability that your body is able and healthy and vibrant to carry that child. You could be the blessing for another family that they have been praying for and desperate for. Uh, you can, uh, contact the Heidi group within Austin, Texas. You can call us on the Love Line. We are happy to, um, put your hand in the hand of someone who is just desperate for what you are carrying along with you. And ladies, we also want to say if you have gone through, uh, that process and you have had an abortion, we want, we we just are desperate for you to know that there is hope and there is healing Mm -hmm. for you that that there is a future for you. We don't want that to be the end of your story, that we have a Lord that is able to redeem anything and everything. And if you're carrying with you that that, that turmoil or that, that depression or um, that cloud that is just hanging over you, we want you to know that there is a strong hope and a future for you. And we would love for you to reach out to us and have us help you Help put your hand into a hand of another who can uh, provide some good Christian counseling to help Mm -hmm. you through that difficult time that you're experiencing now. And so, Carrie, we... um, when we were closing, you talked about these daughters of Zalo Fahad. <laughs> Am I saying that right? I think so. Okay. So I know they were from the, the tribe of Manasseh. Okay, I yeah. can pronounce that really mm-hmm. well. There were five of them, five five daughters in this group of women that God called forward that were like the first political activists. I mean, okay, tell us about this. i tell you what. These women, they... <laughs> They got them. They're rock stars, right? Yes.
1: They're
2: rock stars. I Okay, let, let's set the scene up right here. Israelites are wandering the desert. Moses is in charge. Okay, we're in the book of Numbers, about the 26th chapter. The The promised land, which they're hoping to get to, is being divided amongst the people. Now, they haven't seen the land yet, Okay. The generation that went before them were fearful about entering the promised land, and as a consequence, they they all died. They wandered the desert forever and a whole – forever for 40 years – and a whole generation passed away, okay? And they did not get to enter the promised land. Zelophehad was one of the ones that died in the desert. Now, he died. He did worship the Lord. He did trust in the Lord, and his daughters made sure that um, Moses understood that, that he was not one of the ones who had um, kind of been an insurrectionist, okay? Uh, So Zelophehad had had five daughters. He had no sons. And typically in this time, well, 100% of the time, land was passed down to the sons. Mm -hmm. In fact, in Numbers 26, Moses was given instructions from the Lord on how to divide the land for for inheritance. But these sisters had a unique situation, and they recognized that. Okay, here's what I love about these gals. They didn't go, oh, uh, wait, come on. They, love it, love it. Right? Like they, they were problem solvers. I'm always asking my kids, and I say this to them at least once a week Are you a problem causer or are you a problem solver? Which one are you doing right now? Okay? And always strive to be a problem solver. And if you're struggling with something, figure out a way. There's got to be a way to solve the problem instead of whining, complaining, whatever about it, okay? So, these sisters had a unique situation. They didn't have a brother. They were the only descendants of the tribe of Manasseh. So, these sisters, and, and you got to picture this, too. They're asking for land they have never seen, Miss Evelyn, right? Like, they, yeah. they're like, hey, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? So, they believed in this land to come. They believed mm-hmm. that it was good, and they wanted an inheritance there. So let's find out what they did. Numbers 27, 1 through 4. The daughters of Silophahad were from the tribe of Manasseh, from the sons of Joseph. The names of the daughters were, and it mentions these names. I'm probably going to get these horribly wrong. Malah, Noah, Haglah, Milkah, and Tirzah. They came forward and they stood before Moses. Eleazar the priest and the leaders and the whole assembly at the entrance to the tent of the meeting, friends. <laughs> they stood before Moses, Eleazar the high priest, all of the ones in in power, all of the leaders and the whole assembly at the entrance to the tent of the meeting, which is where they had uh, their conferences. And here's what they said. They said, our father died in the wilderness. He was not among Korah's follower who banded together against the Lord. He died for his own sin, and he left no sons. Why should our father's name appear disappear from his clan because he had no son? <laughs> Give us property among our father's relatives. Wow. Miss Evelyn, there's so much to learn from these five verses. Can you tell us why it was such a big deal for these five women to approach Moses, the priest, the leaders of the whole assembly. Why is this so unusual?
1: Well, because women uh, represent birth and new life. And they were moving into a new territory. It was going to be a whole new life for them. A life that they were not familiar with because they lived on, you know, what the Lord threw them in the morning and what the dogs left over in the evening. And so as they moved, uh, they were excited about going. But it's like... in. Losing a a child when you lose a father or you lose your inheritance or you lose lose your legacy. And so they had a right to do that. But, you know, it took God's motivation for them to go before and say, this is not right. This should be corrected. And so what they did is they did it in a way that... um, uh, They were not exposed to the whole group. They went to the leadership. And sometimes that's what we need to do as women. We need to go to the leadership. Mm -hmm. And in a nation like we're in today where, you know, life is not precious in many quarters, in a state when you've got a state, and there's no restriction whatsoever. So they had the courage to step up to the plate and hit the ball.
2: Well, they they had this courage to come forward that that. I think, was unheard of in this day and age. It was unknown.
0: Oh, yeah. Women didn't step up and do this to go before the male leadership, to mm. go before the head. I mean, to go before Mo- Moses. I I just wonder, like, how many times did they, you know, sit and pray in their tents for yes. favor, mm. you know, that Moses wouldn't, you know, straight off send them away. So I, I just, I love it, you know, when, you know, all the, the, the leaders are gathered there. I You know, I wonder, did did the women kind of go and send out uh, an announcement saying, hey, we want to meet at the tent of meeting or we're all the guys standing there and then here comes these five women and the guys are like, okay, what's happening now? Because that's not the dinner bell ringing. You know, what's, what's going on? So I love the fact that that they did have the courage. They went together, not on their own, mm-hmm. not individually. They went together because there is strength in a group of women that is united. We can see that all over our nation, that when you when women unite together, there is uh, there is strength in that. There's a message in in that. There's a purposefulness to that. And so I think a lot of times when um you know when we have to go out and there's something big that that we're wanting to Mm -hmm. take the courage and do, it's nice to have a friend to go and do that together with you. And I love that the men did not send them away. Mm -hmm. The men listened and heard their entire... I think they spent uh,
1: spent a, a considerable amount of time in discussing what they would present and I think they prayed. I don't mm-hmm. think they went unprepared for what God was going to do because they had no control. It was strictly an act of God. It Ms. was Evelyn, just as important as opening of the Red Sea.
2: Well, it's an excellent point that you bring up. They talked amongst themselves and made a plan, mm-hmm. right? And the reason we know this is because the Bible, all throughout the Bible, there's certain names that are listed and certain names that are not listed. And the, the order of the names and how they're listed is very important, okay? The, the five daughters of Zelophehad are all mentioned by name, uh-huh. okay? It doesn't just say the five daughters of Zelophehad and not name them. It mentions them by name, and then they're mentioned again in the book of Numbers, and their names are in a different order. Now, this is very important because it shows us that they were all equally important. That they probably all spoke something that day, um, or spoke up at some point in time, and um, that they they were all viewed as equals, mm-hmm. right? This this blows me and away. And
1: representative, you know, not just equals, but they represent a lineage, yes, a legacy, a whole tribe. Mm-hmm. This tribe could have just gone by the wayside.
2: It would have only been eleven tribes. No. It's very specific that it was the 12 tribes. And I I just, I was blown away by this fact that they're Mm -hmm. mentioned again, that all of the names are listed again, and they're in a different order. That's
0: important. That's important. And, you know, it really struck me, too, Carrie, something that you mentioned earlier. None of these ladies had seen the land that they were going (laughs) to get yet. So it's not like they waited till the very last minute when the land was being handed out and then went... No, they were proactive. This was before they were going across. The women spoke up and said, hey uh we need our share in this and so you know i think a lot of women out there are maybe praying for a man but these women were praying for land and uh, <laughs> i love it
2: <laughs> they were proactive not reactive Yeah. And i think sometimes i tend to be reactive and whenever the lord wants me to be proactive and try to try to come mm-hmm. up with solutions be a problem solver before i encounter that so what did happen To the five daughters of Zalopahad, how did Moses respond? How did these leaders of the nation of Israel respond to five women and a question? When we return to Love Talk right after this.
1: Thank you, Gavin. And thank you to all those wonderful sponsors and contributors that we have for Love Talk. Uh, We are celebrating uh, a year of uh, wonderful things that God is doing and especially across this land of America when we're praying um, for one another and, and becoming involved more, ladies, I think, in what God is doing uh, on a national scale. And, you know, we, um, there's one thing a woman has to have if she's going to come forward. What's it's that, courage, Ms. Evelyn?
2: Courage.
1: Mm-hmm. Courage. And motivation from the Father.
2: Mm-hmm. These, the five daughters of Zalofa had, had the courage to come forward they had the strength to step up and step out this had not been done before they, they and miss ellen again i and you're so good about this you you bring everything back home um and you said they prayed mm-hmm. they prayed they made a plan and they followed god's plan so they they go to moses they go to these leaders and they say hey uh, you know we we, we Our dad died, and we don't have a brother. How can we um, get some property? In fact, the exact verse is Numbers 27, uh, chapter 1. I'm sorry, Numbers 27, verse 4. Why should our father's name disappear from his clan because he had no son? Give us property among our father's relatives. They were very direct, Miss Evelyn. Mm-hmm. I th- I think sometimes when I go with a request, I'm like, "Well, do you think maybe it would be all right if um I inherited some of that?" <laughs> no. All right. They, they said, "Give us property among our father's relatives." They mm-hmm. were very direct. With their request.
0: You know, and I love this, too, because they also weren't angry and infuriated. And, you know, this last weekend I watched this, uh, this um, video of a current congresswoman who says, mm. I wake up every day infuriated. Mm. You should wake up every day infuriated. Mm-mm. And I thought, wow, that's exhausting. How horrible would it be, ladies, to... Mm. walk out your door from a place of anger and fury every day. What I love about these women is that they were courageous and kind. They, they didn't approach these men with disrespect. They approached them as leaders, but they had their case pulled together. It was well thought, thought through. It was, it was proactive, not reactive. And that, ladies, those are the women that we want to be not angry and infuriated, but courageous and kind. Well, and I think the progressive movement, Kathy, you've hit it on
2: the head, is all about anger and um in the weeks to come we're actually going to talk about what what is real feminism what does that mean through the lens of our Lord and Savior Jesus mm-hmm. Christ um and not through this this world view of what kind of the, the world tells us feminism is uh so how did Moses respond to this demand remember this wasn't a question how did re- he respond to this demand well Moses said um I don't know how to answer this. He he literally said that. That is in the scripture. He said, I, I, I he don't know. know how. I don't know how. I don't know how. What a wise leader. Mm-hmm. What a wise leader. Now, friends, I, I hope you get the, the picture here that the first midwives that we talked about earlier today are some of the very same women that saved Moses' life.
1: Mm-hmm. Same legage.
2: Okay. And, <laughs> you know, Moses was brought up by wise women. And now here he is being challenged by wise women, and he said, I don't know how to answer that. Let me take that to the Lord. And that's exactly what he did. He said, I'm going to take this to the Lord. And you know what God said? He said, the plea of the daughters of Zelophehad is just. The daughters were given the right to inherit the land of their father." favor from the Savior. The wisdom of the daughters of Zalova had consisted in knowing exactly when to present their argument. Like we just said, they were they were proactive. Their ability to eloquently present mm-hmm. their case allowed them to challenge Moses on a legal point at an opportune moment. The silence of Moses indicated that they had brought a good question before him, a good demand before him and only one that God could answer. Oh wow, wow! Just the 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 circle there, and their wisdom that they used as they spoke so eloquently about how this is really their father's inheritance, mm-hmm. just made it so clear that they were not a threat to this established order of men; that they were simply furthering their father's land and, and their, family, and
1: family legacy,
0: his legacy. Boy, they were brilliant. Mm-hmm. And here's here's kind of some insight for our guys. All right, guys. When your women come to you and say, put a request, and you're just really not sure, if you want to just blow your gals away, just say, hey, I'd like an opportunity to go pray about that and take that to the Lord, and I'll come back to you. I mean, your wife really cannot say much to to that except maybe can I pray with you I mean there's there's a good response as well but I just think it says so much about a man who is willing to um, say I, I don't know I, I'm just I don't know the answer to that but I know it's important it, it's not only important to you it's important to the family it's important to the community let me go have time to pray about it I, I think I the key it.
1: thing here is family you know it's uh, it is so Mm-hmm. critical in our nation today that families learn to be families together mm-hmm. and and to appropriate the things that are available to us and that's why we're so excited about NDP love one another how just like i love you
0: that's right and and you know just like the lord gives us the ability to love one another when we don't have that in ourselves He has the ability to give us answers when we need answers and guidance and counsel. And that's exactly what he did for Moses. So Mm -hmm. Moses went and brought the case before the Lord. And this outlines this in numbers 27 verses five through 11. And the Lord responded to Moses saying what Zelophehad's daughters are saying is right. You must certainly give them property as an inheritance among their father's relatives and give their father's inheritance to them. Say to the I- Israelites. Okay, God's about to change the law. Say to the Israelites, if a man dies and leaves no son, give his inheritance to his daughter. If he has no daughter, give his inheritance to his brothers. If he has no brothers, give his inheritance to his father's brothers. If his father has no brothers, give his inheritance to the nearest relative in his clan that they may possess it. This is to have the force of law... For the israelites as the lord commanded moses and so this is what i love about god is that the the same god that spoke the world into existence he his mercy is for males and females his, his mercy is is for all of us the lord psalms 40 145 9 says the lord is good for all and his mercy is over mm. all his works and so, in in the ideal world, world that God created, I mean, equal justice for men and women—that would be the norm. And um, I just I love it. And it was so clear to these five women that those decision makers—Moses, Eleazar, the tribal chieftains—they uh, were not acting according to the command in their district, they were, they were acting according to the law as it was given. But yeah. when they could see that that law was not just, they went to go and correct it. And I love, I love that the case of Zalofa had's daughter set a precedent that really expanded the legal rights of women. I mean, this was huge for the entire nation of Israel. It, it really was. It,
1: and, and the generations to come.
0: Uh,
2: absolutely, the generations today, to
1: come. Yes,
2: I mean now land was it, it had a it had an order, right? It would go son, if no son, daughter, if no daughter, brother, and then on down the line, and you kept the property within your family. And I just think it's beautiful the courage to come forward, friends, the strength to step up and step out, in favor from the Savior. Kathy, what did you learn today from? our midwives
0: or from the daughters of Zalofa had, you know, from the midwives, it's just that it is for you. have. We have to be willing to do what is right. Even if that means sacrificing our careers, if it, even if it means sacrificing our livelihood, even if it means sacrificing the futures that we had envisioned for ourselves. And I mean, I think ladies listeners, there are a lot of you and, and, I have been in that situation even recently where I had to sacrifice the plans that I had for my life and for my family because God put us in a situation that took us in an entirely different direction. And we can hold tight to our plans or we can say, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you that your plans are better than my plans, that you can do something more amazing with this than I ever even envisioned. And that is where our true strength comes from. You know, throughout the Bible, God shows a special concern for widows
2: and orphans. And these women at the time were orphaned. I mean, they didn't have a father. They had each other. Um, They didn't have a mother. But God just shows this incredible grace and kindness. We read over and over how God makes special provisions for them as he did for the midwives and the daughters of Zalufa had. Real feminism, my friends out there listening, does not disparage the wonderful men in our lives. Mm-hmm. These women did not become angry. They did not become bitter. They did not become self-righteous. They did not become um, just, just ugly towards the, the men in their lives. In fact, they made a plan that was logical. They sought God's will, and they took it and it encourages us to have to come forward with direct respect and wisdom as we approach a sticky situation do we have the strength to step up and stand out and stand up for the life of all humans do we trust that when we have courage and strength in god's will that we will receive favor from the savior Oh friends, we just we 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 implore you to pray through this. If you're approaching a sticky situation, pray, pray, pray about it before you go in there. Okay? Have the armor of God on before you approach. Know that he's with you, that you've sought his will. I pray that you would find a church that is preaching the word tonight. Tomorrow, that you would go there to a house, to a community of believers, and be in fellowship with one another. Let people love on you, friends. Find a place where they will. Your Father loves you. The Father of all. And He wants you to become His child. If you have any questions and you, or you want to contact us, please call us on the love line, 512-249-6535. Five, five. Five, five. Sorry
1: <laughs>
2: about that. 512 um, 249 you can also find us on Love Talk Network, and you can find us on Facebook. Till next time, friends. I'm Coach Carrie Brinketer for Kathy Indebrock and Ms. Evelyn Davison. We'll see you next time on Love Talk.